0: Hello, I'm Tim Cummins, President of ICCM, and delighted to be joined today by Bernadette Boulacan, who is Vice President and Chief Evangelist at ICERTIS. And we're here to talk about the initial results that are coming into to us from this year's Most Negotiated term Study. So, uh, Bernadette, maybe we can just start with your quick thoughts on how you react to what we're seeing from responses so far.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, you know, I guess my very initial response when I looked at uh, some of these early results was, you know, no surprise. Um, you know, we see kind of a reflection of the results, There's the same terms in the 2018 report, reflected in the 2020 report. And, um, you know, part of me says, old habits are, uh, are hard to, to change. Um, we are reflections of the way that we've been trained, reflections of um, large, complex organizations that are that are hard to change. And so, you know, on one hand, um, I wasn't surprised, but I guess my um, my lack of surprise starts to starts to crumble when I think, my goodness, we have been through we are in a fire and in a crisis. And so uh, when I look at some of the other terms that are creeping up, I have to admit that I am um, more optimistic about what's in store for us as uh, contracting professionals. And what I'm most optimistic about, and I think optimism is probably the word that I think about, is that contracting professionals will be agents of change through this crisis and that I am optimistic that they will build muscles, um, whether that is based in data, new negotiation skills, um, to be more resilient in the next crisis. So again, not surprised, um, not surprised, but hopeful that uh, we are on the cusp of change and as with most changes, it takes time.
0: And I guess one of the things that, uh, to your point of encouraging elements of this, is that, uh, yes, yeah, sure, the old issues of risk have not gone away, but there does seem to be an expanded appreciation of the role of the contract in managing broader risk. For example, continued uncertainty in the market, that you know people are focusing rather more on, well, actually the contract wasn't that much help to us in the situation we find ourselves in. You know, having an indemnity clause, a limitation of liability clause, when what I really need to do is be able to manage the change that's occurring, to talk about rights of delay, to talk about deferred payments or whatever it might be, the contract doesn't help me. Um, So we see some of that too, don't we? We
1: sure do. I mean, I think, um, you know, even if I think about my own, Drafting and, and training, you know, so much focus is on um, is on an end event, the relationship being broken, and unfortunately, not enough focus um, is on how to make those relationships resilient and how do we create structures within the agreement that lend to um, resiliency, adapt- uh, adaptability, um, you know, things like business continuity. Um, greater communication channels uh, throughout um, a more active management of obligations you know throughout the life cycle of the agreement and and the relationship Um, and again i'm encouraged by what i see creeping up in some of um, some of those changes Uh, again i wish those that change would happen more quickly Uh, but to your point You know, risk management has always been, what do we do when this entire thing explodes versus what can we do to monitor the health of the relationship? What can we put into the agreement to allow us to do that? Uh, And again, I, I see more and more of that happening. You know whether it is in negotiation training, whether it's reliance on data about relationships, about you know what what clauses have we actually wrestled over at the end of these relationships? Um, what have been the qualities of the contract and the relationships where we've had really fruitful relationships? And how do we replicate that in other agreements and relationships? So again, I am uh, I remain optimistic and. Uh, I remain optimistic that that is the road that we're heading in. And, and I do believe that the the results of the, the survey are yielding that.
0: And I think your point of the life cycle view is a critical one, that uh, perhaps we're moving away from a world where very often sort of victory was declared at the point of signature to a realization that we really do Um, In many cases, negotiation starts at the point of signature. (laughs) Um, And certainly in a world of uncertainty and volatility, that need for negotiated agreement uh, is a continuum. Um, uh, And the importance of good data flows and good uh, reporting has never been greater, which presumably must excite you from a technology perspective.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think... You know, early on with technology, what we are focused on is on the efficiencies of automation, and I, uh, I am a huge believer of those efficiencies. Um, even, even just having a repository uh, has been critical for these organizations as they've been um, trying to navigate these rough waters that COVID has posed. Um, but what I am most excited about is when you do have these large repositories of agreements, you're able to break down those contracts and really dive deeper into those clauses. You know what you're doing are creating pools of contract intelligence, and for those companies that have been able to do that, to been to have been able to mine that data, look at patterns, look at clusters, they're able to um, identify again which of those which of those clauses. Um, have been most meaningful to them. What what are those attributes of those relationships that have been fruitful? Oftentimes that is in the, you know, in the minds and the hearts of those that have negotiated those agreements. And sometimes those people move on to different roles and we don't capture that. And so I'm so hopeful that uh, one of the changes that happens because of this pandemic, is this reliance on contract data um, and not just uh, you know kind of this gut feel about what feels right? Um, even the way that we actually negotiate. How many times have I said in a negotiation, or has the other side said to me, "Well, we've always done it this way," you know? And how difficult is it to poke at that and to say? Well, what does that mean? You've always done it this way. Have you always done it this way with, in a pandemic? Have you always done it this way you know, with um, the other side that has you know, this financial, these financial safety valves with this type of risk and these types of, these types of clauses? And the more that we're able to have data-driven conversations versus maybe emotional conversations, I think is helpful for, for all of us in the contracting profession.
0: So perhaps the most exciting thing we take away is that there seems to be from the results a very re- real uh, will and, and belief that we can and should do things differently. Uh, but we no longer just have that sort of human urge, but we actually now have some supportive tools and technologies that really can make that become real.
1: Absolutely, and I don't wanna, um, I don't wanna dismiss the human urge. Um, but what I love is um, is the human interaction, the human relationship building, boosted and bolstered by the the data that remains in the in the contract and in past contracting relationships. The two together are the two together are incredibly
0: powerful. Well, we're just going to test our theories now, Bernadette, because we're going to switch to uh, somebody who's been at the front line, Will Morris, who's chief counsel at uh, the global aerospace and defense giant, Rolls Royce. And uh, we're going to pose a few questions to him and see whether you and I are correct with our interpretation. So let's go speak to Will. Well, at this point, I'm delighted to be joined by Will Morris, who's Chief Counsel of Civil Aerospace with Rolls-Royce. And, uh, Will, it's great that you can join us and give us perhaps some of your perceptions and reactions to what we're seeing and hearing from this year's Most Negotiated Terms survey. I I think, uh, as we've observed, the overall top 10 has shown fairly limited change from past years but there is a shift in some of in in some of the focus of the negotiations in terms of the balance of terms that people are looking at. Uh, Would you say that change that we've identified does that align with what you're observing and what you would expect in the wake of COVID-19?
2: Yeah hi Tim and uh, uh, good good to talk to you this morning. Um, Yeah absolutely I think the the survey, and I always look at it actually because it either validates what we're experiencing, or if it's different, then then it's interesting in any event. But I think it, it very much does accord with what we're seeing, which is that, you know, this crisis. I, I think it's fair to say, and, and lots of commentators will have said, we're saying it sort of changes quite a lot of things about uh, contracting and commercial practice, mm. um, and where we perhaps been uh, in the past when markets were growing and things were good was that very often colleagues not involved in commercial management would say, you know, is this stuff really necessary? Uh, How important is it to the running of the business? What is, what is, what is it about this we need to hold on to in a negotiation? And and of course this crisis actually has made commercial uh, issues and contracting issues come to the top of the priority list for you know business leaders and CEOs um, so the results certainly in terms of the Covid Im- impact where you're seeing particular points being the focus for negotiation is uh, is obviously what we're seeing in, uh, in aviation in Rolls-Royce.
0: Mm. Well clearly uh, one of the industries at the forefront in terms of really feeling the consequence in such a big way. Um, it, It is interesting, this contrast between uh, many of the stories we hear from members around the positivity of uh, customer suppliers working together in a very positive context. Yet uh, that isn't actually, generally speaking, what the survey is suggesting. Far more people experiencing uh, an increase in the level of discord and disagreement. Um, obviously, Rolls Royce, particularly in the headlines, because of the way that you pivoted so much activity and converted production lines for completely new purposes, which I'm sure required cooperation and collaboration with suppliers. So uh, how do you, are you surprised by the proportion who are expressing that that discord?
2: Uh, yeah, a little. I think um, I think that to me is a symptom, uh, a, a little bit of the phases we're in, actually. I think, and we're all going through this thing together in terms of its timing, I think a few months back it was, it was about crisis management and whenever actually I've been in the industry that uh, and other industries would be similar when you're dealing with a big uh, issue or event, actually it, it does create the conditions for collaboration and, and sharing and mm-hmm. um, And that we've seen that uh, in abundance, actually, with our suppliers and working with customers certainly early on in early on in the early phases of the crisis. I think now we're moving into probably a phase uh, more uh, about, you know, how do we how do we continue to run the business in these conditions and also in reaction to really understanding the impact uh, of of this issue on our on our business? and I think that's where you're now seeing probably relations get more tense, um, more under strain, where uh, people are starting to work out, you know, where does the cost and loss of this event sit? How can we, you know, protect ourselves? Um, you know, certainly the aviation industry, its its it's been some sense of duality, really. We've had a a really serious and painful experience where people have lost a lot of jobs and are losing jobs. Whilst at the same time, it's been a really fascinating, interesting time in terms of what we're seeing commercially and contractually. Um, And all of those issues mean that, you know, the the focus on what the contract says, who's going to bear the issue, bear the consequences of the issue, uh, come to the fore. So that's where I think the disagreement uh, comes from. And I also think there is, there is obviously some examples we could point to in the past, you know, 2008, where you had a, frankly, a similar industry issue, um, and similar there, you had a period under which people were dealing with that issue, and then, unfortunately, disagreements arose. Um, dare I say it, more and more lawyers got involved, uh, and and things became more litigious. So I think that's probably in the, fa- the phase we're starting to move into, although I I do. I am quite optimistic that there's going to be a third phase, and that third phase will be, you know, how a company is going to win in this new, new environment. How are they? How, who is going to be the winners and losers? How, what is it going to take, by way of working differently, to um, to emerge from it in a, in a good position? So I think we're going to move into that phase too.
0: Which, of course, the survey again reflects that sense of optimism that this could indeed be the point of which we do begin to develop more collaborative forms of relationship, perhaps a a spirit of we're in this together and we need to work together to emerge. So do you broadly share that optimism for the future? But more importantly, I suppose, What do you think we would need to do to actually achieve it because you know we've talked for many years about the fact we prefer to collaborate but we've never seemed to actually translate our preference into a reality
2: yes i think that that's fair i mean tim you you, you and i've talked before about about this this need for collaboration and alignment for businesses to be successful in commercial management i mean i actually think you know, it, it has always been the case that companies who collaborate well and align with each other around purpose do succeed and do uh, achieve things and and commercial issues actually assist that in the process. So I think that's always been the case. I think the environment we're in now, you know, it's that volatility, the uncertainty of things um, will force people, it'll create the conditions for people to come together an even more joined at way. So I actually think this crisis is it's going to accelerate a number of things. I think we were already recognising the value of collaboration and alignment in contracting. This, I think, heightens it and and, and accelerates it. Um, of course, there's always going to be, I think, business relationships which are more at arm's length, perhaps, which are more transient uh, than those that are more long-term and uh, and more engaged. So I think there'll always be uh, differences but i think companies are gonna if they're going to get through this successfully they're going to have to work out how they collaborate with suppliers with customers in an effective way and it all comes down to trust actually and i think i think trust will be quite a holistic concept i think people will think about uh, the two organizations or more entering into arrangements are they aligned around the purpose of the engagement mm. um do they have alignment organisationally? Do, do the management team understand that they have joint objectives around things? Uh, is the culture of the organisation similar? These These issues are going they're always relevant but I think they're going to come more to the fore because I think um, you know that alignment of interest uh, is going to be critical. And of course all big topics
0: at the upcoming live Summit where we'll be looking at relational contracts and we'll be looking of course at the Uh, challenges that come about through increased virtual negotiation and and the many other topics that are new and, as you said, uh, interesting as well as challenging for any commercial expert. So it is an exciting time for us all, but a time of very, very real change and need for learning. So on a final point, one of the things that uh, I know Rolls-Royce has been wrestling with for some time is the whole topic of automation and digitization of the commercial and contracting activity with uh, you know understanding the complexities that that represents yet of course for those uh, caught out during the pandemic very often they began to appreciate the weakness of current data flows the difficulty of gathering information quickly um so how do you feel about that digitization topic? Are you in the camp which which feels that actually COVID has created a, a new level of urgency, which of course is a, another of our Vibe Summit topics?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I am completely. And again, a bit like the collaborative contracting, I, I think uh, automation digitization is going to continue to be a critical issue and it's going to be Uh, vital organisations engage in in it and work out how to best use it Um, and there's a number of reasons for that around COVID. I think not least you know um, we're not in we're not in offices together face to face we're not meeting in the way that we were. Um, I think that's encouraging people to think about different ways of, of working, negotiating, contracting. I think people are wanting to understand the environment they're in as quickly as possible so the importance of data Uh, and using systems to see patterns and get insights as they can contract things I think is critical and then I think there is going to be and maybe you know this is going to be focused too for for some of the summit thinking we're going to be facing you know some degree of economic downturn um, and that is going to force people to think about efficiency even more and and how we achieve uh, more with less and, and I think the challenge for commercial professionals is how do we how do we enable businesses to do things quickly more effectively mm. uh, and concentrate on the things that really matter um so I think digitalization will will take a lot of the things that were were you know uh, low complexity and that were that were things that people engaged in without that much value I think that will that will be a route to how we deal with those things um so um No, I think it would be an exciting uh, conversation on that topic and I think it's going to be interesting to see how people engage in it.
0: Yes, well certainly again, two of the big themes during the summit are around those issues of uh, speed and also the issue that you've raised a couple of times of economics and perhaps uh, a greater need for both the you know, for the broader commercial community to have much more uh, economic understanding and, and the ability, I guess, to undertake greater economic assessment, particularly across life cycles of things like the long complex programs that Roll Royce is involved in. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing your views and uh, absolutely look forward to spending even more time with you in September um, we'll A pleasure, see. enjoyed
2: it. I'll yeah, see. look forward to Very seeing you accepting
0: them. Thank you.